Hello and welcome to this newest episode of the English and British Monarch series here on History with Jackson. Today we are looking at Richard I's rebellious little brother, King John. And as always, we will look at who he was, what his early life was like, what his reign was like, and then we'll bring that all together and analyse his kingship. So I hope that you're looking forward to learning about King John. I certainly am looking forward to telling you guys all about him. Now, in the meantime, if you are enjoying these series, these episodes and learning about these kings, please remember to like, subscribe and follow on all of our platforms. It really helps us out. It really helps us grow and reach new people. And thank you very much for watching. And without further ado, let's learn about King John. Now, King John was born in 1166 in Oxford to Henry II and Eleanor of Aquitaine. Now, as the youngest son of the king, it was never thought that John himself would go on to be king. And instead, Henry attempted several times to carve out a section of land for his favourite son. Now, John was the opposite to his older brother, Richard, and he was a short and stocky man standing about five foot five. He was also prone to outbursts of anger. Now, John spent much of his early life in England, and some historians believe that John was being groomed for a ecclesiastical life. Uh, however, this did not materialise. Now, his father, Henry II, constantly tried to carve out uh, some lands for John to either inherit or bestow these lands upon him. Now, Henry's consistency in trying to ensure John inherited some lands or bestowing some lands upon John was one of the grievances that his other sons brought up against him uh, within the Great Revolt. Now, during the Great Revolt, John stayed with Henry throughout the conflict whilst his other brothers were supported by their mother. Now, during the Great Revolt, John became his father's favourite son. He was the only son who hadn't rebelled against him in this period. And as a result of this, he tried to bestow several important titles upon John. So he tried to make him the Earl of Cornwall, the Duke of Aquitaine, and at one point also tried to have him crowned as the King of Ireland. Now, as we've looked at in the past two weeks, Henry died after a dispute with Richard. And during this dispute... John initially supported Henry throughout, but he supported Henry until the point that it was very clear that Richard was going to win. Now, the news of John's shock swap in support sent Henry into shock and eventually led to his death. Now, as we looked at last week, John was an irritant for Richard during Richard's reign. Now, during Richard's first absence, whilst he was on crusade, John managed to usurp the regent that had been placed by Richard and appoint himself as the regent in his stead. He also paid for Richard's captures to keep Richard in prison. Now, when Richard returned from his imprisonment, 
on the continent. He was punished by Richard and his lands and powers were taken off him. But for the remaining periods of Richard's reign, John stayed very loyal and gained a reputation as a solid military general and helped Richard in his conflicts against France. Now, as Richard died suddenly without an heir, John was thrown into a succession crisis. English law pointed towards John being the heir to the throne. But as John and Richard were part of the House of Angevin, Angevin law, on the other hand, pointed towards Richard's nephew, Arthur, being named king. Now, upon the news of Richard's death reaching England, the English nobles moved very quickly to crown John as king. On 27th of May 1199, John was coronated at Westminster Abbey. Now, he immediately moved to fight his French nobles, uh, Arthur and King Philip of France, to secure his own claim to his French lands and the English throne. Now, this conflict ended with a peace negotiation in which Philip recognised John's claims to his own French lands and Arthur's French lands, whilst John, in return, paid homage to Philip for these lands. However, this peace negotiation with Philip did not last very long. Now, John left his wife, Isabel of Gloucestershire, for Isabella of Anglemere. But Isabella of Anglemere was already betrothed or engaged to Hugh Lusignan. Now, Philip, as John's overlord in France, wanted to meet with John to clear this matter up, but John refused, stating that as the Duke of Normandy, he had no right to appear in front of the king. But King Philip said, actually, I'm calling you to court to explain yourself under a different title, so these privileges do not exist. And very suddenly, this turns into an open conflict. And within five years, John had lost most of England's continental possessions, most of their lands in France, except the Duchy of Aquitaine. Now, John moved from this conflict into a conflict with the church. The conflict between John and the church, or the Pope at the time, Innocent III, you can learn all about in our Pope series video on him, which will be in the description, was centred around the Archbishopric of Canterbury. Now, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Hubert Walter, had passed away, and John believed that he had a right to appoint the new Archbishop of Canterbury. However, Pope Innocent wanted to place Stephen Langton in the seat as the Archbishop of Canterbury. Now, as John did not approve of Stephen Langton, he refused him. And in response, Innocent III placed England under an interdict which ceased most of the church services going on within the country and he excommunicated John. Now, this put England in a terrible position religiously because religion was the backbone of everyday life. And this angered 
a large chunk of no of the nobility within the country. Now John eventually acquiesced and in response he not only accepted Stephen Langton but he also swore fealty to Pope Innocent III effectively making England a papal fiefdom he making him a vassal of the Pope which would give England such certain religious protections in response to the losses in France and the conflict with the church, the barons revolted against John and they forced John to sign a document called the Magna Carta. The Magna Carta is now considered one of the most important democratic documents in the world. In this document, the barons laid out a set of grievances against John and aimed to limit his power. They complained about John's powers over wards, his ability to confiscate property and his control over many barons' children. Now, John made it very clear that he did not like this document, he did not agree to it and he felt that it was a limit on his divine right. So as a vassal of the Pope, he took the document to the Pope and asked for it to be annulled. Now, Pope Innocent did annul the document, and with this annulment, John marched north to punish the northern barons. John's march north ignited the First Baronial War, and whilst his skilled military leadership had not been seen during his reign in France, it was seen in the north of England, as he took large chunks of the north and marched to Edinburgh. In response to this, the barons invited the French Dauphin, Prince Louis, to come to England and set up as a rival king to John. Now, in 1216, in an attempt to suppress northern barons, John contracted dysentery. And he headed to Newark Castle, and it was here in October 1216 when John passed away. But due to the suddenness of John's death, rumours did swirl about John being poisoned or assassinated or murdered by some of his closest advisers or some of the barons. Was John a good king? Now, we all know that John was not universally liked. He had enemies at home and on the continent. Now, he was a cruel king. He did attempt or did control many barons their children and their families and he attempted to extract as much money from his country as possible. He also murdered his own nephew Arthur to remove his threat to the throne. However, on the flip side, John was incredibly active in the justice system and he did reform it to become more professional and he liked being involved in the detail of the justice system. John was also a king who made an effort to be seen. He went on massive royal progresses so that everyone had a chance to see him. And he had a strong reputation as a military general and soldier. And his brother, Richard I, one of the most well-renowned military generals of his era, regarded John as a strong leader. So... To conclude on this, John was 
a bad person. He controlled wards, widows, children as a means to get what he wanted from barons. He murdered his own nephew. So he was a bad person. But his kingship was no worse than some of the worst kings or bad kings in English history. It's just that the losses of France tarnish his reputation and the historical narrative surrounding John does make him out to be a worse king than he was. Now, he was more active and involved in English government than Richard I was, and yet we hold Richard I up on some kind of pedestal. So John was a bad person, but he wasn't as bad a king as he has been made out to be. So thank you very much for watching this episode, guys. I've really enjoyed researching John again. I think he's an incredibly interesting figure, an incredibly interesting king from English history, and probably a problematic figure. So if you want to learn more about King John, I'm going to recommend some books that I feel that will have some information on John that you can read through, but also learn more about the period. So again, it's Dan Jones's The Plantagenets, easy to read and accessible and enjoyable as well. That's, that's usually what you want from a book. Next is Gwyn's Kings and Queens, an indispensable guide to England and her monarchs. The section on King John in this book is just phenomenal. I thoroughly recommend reading about King John within here. And then secondly is Simon Sharma, A History of Britain on the Edge of the World, 3000 BC to AD 1603. Really good guide, accessible, easy to read, and it's got pictures as well if that's what you like within your history books. Now, in the meantime, if you want to keep up to date with everything History of Jackson related, please head to www.historyofjackson.co.uk and then the links to all my social media profiles are in the description below along with our Buy Me A Coffee profile. Now, I look forward to seeing you guys next week where we look at King John's successor and we learn more about England and her monarchs. So I look forward to seeing you all next week.